Hey everybody, welcome to the Live Your Legacy show. The goal of our show is to help you connect to people and concepts that have made a tremendous impact on the lives of others so that you can start living your own legacy. Today's Legacy Yes has been mentoring six and seven figure entrepreneurs for over 20 years. But she did something that most people wouldn't do. After 15 years into a business, she dismantled her success to seven figure business. Now, she was proud of the financial accomplishment and everything about it, but she was burdened by the business that did not really make her happy. So she decided to, you know, just get real. And not just to get real, but to get fucking real. And hence, she's not the host of the podcast, Get Fucking Real. And obviously, she loves the word fuck. So for those of you who didn't get a hint by now, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, she now coaches top coaches and speakers to listen to their intuition because she believes that when you get fucking real, you make a bigger difference and have fewer regrets. So for those of you who prefer some profanities in the podcast, we finally got someone on the show like that. <laughs> welcome to the show, Lisa Kearney. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Darius. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> and thank you for, for, for uh, breaking the, the, the ice on the whole F word. That's really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through, right? How did you actually discover this concept of get fucking real and how, how did it actually come alive? I know that you started off from, you know, being unhappy in your business and, you know, dismantling everything. You know, I have been on this entrepreneur journey for 21 years, and it started with a company called ConsciousMarketing.com. And in that company and in the way that I was teaching marketing, it was, it was about getting real back then. It was about the, the business owner really finding their authentic marketing voice. And basically over the past, you know, 18 years since I launched that business, I have been really helping people focused on marketing and selling. And finally, two years ago, the GFR mission was born. And my motivation really was, Darius, to help these mission-driven folks, right, that are really wanting to help people change the world, make a difference, help them get out of their own way. Because, for you know, all this time I've been mentoring these folks and, you know, helping them to see why aren't I doing the things I need to do? Why aren't I doing the social media? Why aren't I doing the posting? Why aren't I speaking? Why aren't, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you don't, you, you need to lose weight, but you're not doing any of the things that you know that you should do. It's like, there's reasons for that. It's not just because, you know, we don't know. There's, there's underlying reasons. And so I knew I had to help these mission-driven entrepreneurs get real, except that get real wasn't, uh, strong enough. It wasn't urgent enough. It wasn't activating it, you know. And so I'm from New Jersey. Uh, I love the F word and I thought it would really get people's attention. It would really say, you know what? We need business. The world needs us. So we don't just need to get real. We need to GFR. <laughs> okay. So personally for you, how did you actually come up with that concept of uh, GFR, right? Not just because of the mission to really help other mission-based entrepreneurs, but for you, what was it that really unearthed it, like within you and your intuition? Yeah, I think that I was being prepared for this GFR mission for probably four years prior to it really kind of coming alive as a thing, because I needed a GFR, and you mentioned that I had a seven-figure business that I let go of, like, 
that's like my biggest success and my biggest failure at the same time, right? It's success if you measure on money, right? And success if you measure on the size of your business and the number of clients you're impacting. And, and people loved it, great results, but I wasn't happy. So I created this thing, this big thing that didn't make me happy. And so now I really see it as a big failure. And it's the way that I most measure success now is how does something feel? How does my business feel? So you know, after I let go of that business, I was really on a search, you know, and within my own self was up-leveling, evolving, healing, confronting my fears, you know, GFRing, GFRing, GFRing until finally through that process, I realized, you know what, I'm not going to be a marketing coach anymore. I'm not going to be helping people with sales. I I am going to be starting and like leading with the inner game part. And so that's that's where the GFR mission, branding, my show, the GFR podcast really came alive. And that was really interesting because you get pretty excited and passionate. You can kind of tell from uh, how you're speaking. But you get very passionate, especially when you start talking about emotions. You start talking about intuition. Because I heard uh, your most recent podcast as well, where you were talking about um, what you do on a daily basis. That's an interesting one for you guys to listen as well. So where does this whole emotion reading really come from? Because I think many people will probably argue like, oh wait, in order to run a business, you got to use uh, your logic, but you can't really use so much of emotions. If you really were driven by so much of emotion, then uh, we might not even have a profitable business, right? So how do we know like when is the right time to you know use your emotions? When is the right time to use your logic? Do you stem from emotions first or do you stem from logic first? You know, where is that uh, area that we really got to be careful of? Or, or do you think, you know, you should go for it on emotions? Yes, I love it. You know, the balance of head and heart and logic versus intuition and and strategy versus spirit. Like this is a dance that I have been doing for a long time in my business and helping my clients with. And it is a it is like a lifelong journey of trying to figure that out. So it's such a great question and you you referenced a recent episode on my GFR show show where I talk about how I do life. And and I went through like my morning routine and exercise and meditation, all these things that I do. And I'll tell you that I started to meditate. I found, uh, I use transcendental meditation for the most part. I found that the same year that my business was on its way to seven figures because I was so freaking stressed out <laughs> and feeling so overwhelmed and it was, you know, I knew that like I needed like a new tool. It wasn't possible to be on vacation all the time and be on vacation as often as I felt like I needed it. <laughs> so there was something else going on. And that's what really led me to meditation. And, and it's through meditation and just a general slowing down that I was able to get more connected to my intuition, to my inner knowing, to my gut to my heart, whatever y'all want to call your thing, <laughs> you know, that inner knowing, uh, that's what helped me get more connected to it. And over time, it's become more and more and more a priority for me to go there first because I realized when I didn't, I built something I didn't like. So it's like you can use logic until logic fails you. <laughs> and you could follow all the strategy and the things people say you should do until you're miserable and you're not having fun and you're stressed out. And then you got to find another way. <laughs> so would, so from what you're saying, 
for you, you personally feel that you should go with emotion, go with intuition first, and then after that, figure out, you know, the strategy and the techniques and things like that. Is that, is that what you're suggesting? Personally, now where I am at, if, if there's a strategy that doesn't feel good, doesn't feel fun, doesn't feel like something I'm going to enjoy, it's actually not the strategy for me. So I say, yeah, right now I am, uh, led by how does something feel because I failed the other way, <laughs> you know, in my, in my term, I failed the other way. So it's, you know, really it's up to your listeners in terms of what's a priority for them. Is it like, I am going with the thing that's going to make me the most money. That's going to be the most automated. That's going to make money while I sleep that, you know, like I feel like if I get that money and I get, and I do all that, that's going to make me happy and you get it. And it does awesome. I did that, I got it, and it didn't. So you have to pay attention to what is really your motivation, the end state that you're looking for, and what is the best way for you to get there. You know what, that's really awesome, because I realized the words that you use, you know, end state, goal, what's your end in mind, what's your mission, and I realized that's when I know, dude, I'm going to get Lisa on the show, because um, pretty much who we serve is also mission-based entrepreneurs. Right, everyone who has a mission is going to start spreading their impact, spreading their message so they can start living a legacy. Okay, so to you, right, what is it that, you know, really got you to unearth mission and to really help other people to, you know, uncover their true mission as well in their business? I love the focus of this show is on legacy because when I think of legacy, I think of what am I going to leave behind when I die, right? Like when I'm not here anymore, that's what legacy is all about. And it really helps you get real <laughs> to think, okay, what do I want to be remembered for? What do I want to leave here? What do I want to be left here on the planet when I'm gone? Um, how do I want to impact lives? And for me, that became so much like it, so let me just take you back to when I was uh, a junior in high school. I was like 17. My mom got cancer. And up until that point of the minute that my dad said, your mom has cancer, I was like carefree, young adult, doing all the teenager things. And in that moment, I learned, oh, life could be unexpectedly short. And I want to... I want to make sure that I'm like enjoying this thing, this life thing. Now, my mom, thank goodness, is healthy. She lives down the street from me. We're, you know, amazingly close. And I've gotten to see the impact that cancer had on her life. And it had a huge impact on my life. So that's what really drives me is, is helping people to, when they get to the end, they feel like I did it. I did what I came here for. I did what I came here for. Now, what would you say to every mission-based entrepreneur, right? How do you actually push forward with their mission, right? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of difficulties, you know. My mission is this, but you know, in order to make profits, I gotta be this. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people have that common difficulty. So what would you like, what was your, what's your biggest advice to these people who are in a conflict of like, I gotta push forward my mission. I'm not sure how my mission can really align to like, uh, what really makes money in my business as well. Yes. You know, there is some essential things about business, right? Like you want, you need to fulfill a need that people have, right? And you need to be able to articulate how you fill that need. And 
you know, get the word out there that here I am. I'm, I'm here to fill the need. And, you know, like there's like basic fundamental things. And I believe, so this is, so I'll let you all know about how to get your 12 GFR commandments. But, but the, each one of these, each one of the commandments is because this is just things that I've said to clients over the years over and over again. So one of them is know that if you have a specific mission or calling, there are people who need it. Now, this is controversial. You know, the marketing police could come break down my door any moment. This could be controversial, but this is what I believe. Really, if you have, like, this fire in your belly, like, not just a clever idea, like a fire in your belly, I must help people. I must help people, organizations. They just, like, I can't, like, stand it. That You know, if you have that kind of feeling, there are people who need it. And the only thing standing in the way, in my opinion, is your ability to communicate about it, a.k.a. marketing, and your willingness to claim it, like your willingness to own it and take a stand for it. And this is where the how do we get in our own way stuff comes up because we think, well, who am I to help with that? That's our, right, that's our imposter syndrome. And we there's so much that comes up that gets in the way of that. And so I worked for many, many years in the, okay, the only thing standing in the way of you and that mission is communicating it. That's marketing. And I still believe in that and help people with that. But the other part about claiming it, owning it, taking a stand for it is really what the GFR mission is about. And now before we actually hop on to like the GFR commandments, right? And I love that point of, you know, um, not just imposter syndrome. I think a lot of people always have this concern of like, if I get real, then you know, people won't really like me, right? So how do I become real such that I don't make enemies, right? Or I make sure that, you know, other people don't dislike me in any way. I loved that question when I, when you, I, I read that you came up with that question for me because, it, and it happens to be something that I'm asked often in some way of like, well, I don't want to piss anybody off. And like, you know, why do you think people aren't, why do you think people aren't, you know, it's because they're worried that, that you know, that they're not, someone's not going to love. And so I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to bring up the commandments sooner than planned because they're so relevant. So number three is don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. <laughs> and this one speaks directly to this idea of I'm going to make enemies. And uh, by the way, each of the confessions, y'all, when you see them, has a confession question that kind of helps you say, you know, is this the one for me? Is this the one I'm focusing on? Because it's not a 12-step program to do them all. It's about really zeroing in on the one that's for you. So the confession question for number three is where am I not speaking my truth? And, of course, that's what we think of when we think of, oh, if I get real, I may make enemies or I may piss somebody off or somebody may not like me. That is where, that is where the, the rub is. It's like, oh, if I speak my truth, then people won't like me. And in my experience, the opposite happens, actually. If we don't speak our truth, we do not attract anyone. <laughs> or we just attract people that want some kind of watered down version of ourselves. And this is like a foundational marketing principle that I've been teaching for 21 years is that the more authentic and real and that we can be in our marketing and find a voice that really is us and get connected with those people and speak to those people the way they really need to hear it. Like that's what makes us stand out, not trying to please everybody. 
No, I really love the whole point of like the fact that and the reason why you get your clients, I think most of the time is because of who you are as a person. Right. And probably the reason why you got previous clients as to how you do that whole seven figure business is probably because people like you as well. Right. And then the more you got even more fucking real, the more you attracted the clients you really love. So I really totally agree with that. And let's move on on to like commandments. Right. I know that there's 12 commandments and guys, if you want to know what the 12 commandments are, we'll leave a link in the, the description for you to go and grab it. It's free guys. So I highly recommend you go and do it because it, isn't really just about like, oh, commandments, I should follow commandments. What I really realized is the set of questions that she really developed uh, over the years, right, of testing and even through her successor, of testing out those questions and making you reflect, which I think is one of the most powerful ways for you to actually grow as a person, right, which is a lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-reflection. So I want to hover in on a few uh, different commandments, but before I hover on into my favorite commandment, I'd like to Yay. ask you, out of the 12 commandments that you have, which is a commandment and question that you love the most or you actually ask yourself the most? Oh, you want to know my favorite? Yes. I thought you were going to tell us your favorite. Okay, well, if I say before my favorite, say, will you yeah, say no, your before, favorite? Before I say my favorite. Okay, I'll know all right. Okay, well, it really depends on the day, I have to say, because, and I think that's the way to look at them, is that some days you'll you'll be kicking ass in one area and like half of them won't resonate with you and some days you'll forget who you are and you'll believe the bullshit your parents told you or whatever you'll be having a bad day you know and another one will speak to you right so let's see let's which one is um you know the one that is yeah the one that is touching me most now right in this moment is commandment number eight so i'll read the commandment and then the question so the commandment is know that sometimes stopping is the most lucrative action to take. And the question is, where do I need to pause or stop but haven't because of fear? Ah, oh, it makes me want to exhale this one because, and it's so related to how do we follow our intuition or how do we know it feels good? It's like, I feel like we need to slow down long enough to get connected with it. You know, it's like we are so, we, we move so quickly we, we're so focused on, um, you know, doing versus being and our to-do list and being productive and measuring, you know, how good we are and how good our day was, how many things we checked off. And, and we're so busy putting other people's needs above our own. There's just so much noise that is in the way of us knowing, like, oh, you know, I don't think I really want to go to that event. But I RSVP'd because, you know, it's, it's Uncle Herb or it's a client and I feel obligated or whatever. It's like we don't slow down long enough to really, really GFR about how does this feel? And so the stopping one is one of my favorites. I actually did a what I call a staycation uh, retreat for myself two weeks ago. And it was, I mean, it's awesome. I didn't go anywhere. And I decided, like, it was going to be all about me following my intuition, like an experiment. Like, I'm going to get up in the morning and sit up and go, okay, intuition, what next? <laughs> you know, and I, and I called it my divine curriculum retreat. And it was an amazing week, and I learned a lot about myself, and I got super clear on stuff, and I got creative about my business and cool new things I'm going to do. And, you know, we just don't stop long enough, and we don't because there there is a belief around stopping means less income or stopping means I not keeping my commitments or stopping means I'm lazy and all of those beliefs keep us from slowing down long enough to really have clarity and, and feel good. You know what? I totally agree with what you said. You know, 
slow is fast. I think that's one thing that I kind of realized after a few years growing my business is that people always think, tend to think like, you know, the only way forward is to move forward, is to keep on going and going and going until like their fuel runs out and they go like, oh man, something will break down and then that's where you start to, you know, get a lot of exhaustion, right? And then you start to break down and I think honestly that before you even reach that point of breakdown, that's when you start slowing down. You pause, like what you said, and then you recharge yourself and then you keep going on, right? Your train will never ever move on forever and ever and ever and ever. You always need to pop up the tank, right? So I love that that's your favorite, in, that's your favorite commandment. And in fact, my favorite commandment is just beside yours. <laughs> my favorite commandment is really, even though it might sound cliche, okay guys, you, you might think like, oh, isn't that what some people can just tell? Right, but I think there really is power in whatever this question is going to say. I'm going to explain the importance, which is really the question of what is my intuition telling me? If I'm not wrong, that's the exact question to say, right? Or what does my heart say? So I think that's something that really a lot of times, and I'm quite sure, even though, okay, guys, before before you think like, oh, that's cliche or what everyone else says that, okay, really think about it, right? I think honestly, when I look at the question, and I think back about like my biggest mistakes, or I think about things that I actually regret, you know what, guys, most of the time, if you actually think about it now, if you really think about it right now, right now while you're listening, most of your biggest regrets, your mistakes, actually come from the ones that you doubt yourself. The ones that you go like, uh, should I do this? But then, like, my brain tells me, like, you know what, that's a, that's a better idea. Right? And then you decide, you know, after so much conflict, you decide, okay, I'll just go with, you know, my brain. My brain has the better idea. So I really would love to dive in deeper into this commandment, which is like, what's my intuition yes. telling me? How do we start getting more connected with like, you know, intuition? Because sometimes it really is, let's say for me, I'm quite a, I'm quite a person that functions a lot of thinking, right? It's like you go by the MBTI personality profile. I prefer thinking by a lot, right? So to me, like the first thing you do is to take out pros and cons list and blah, 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 write it all down, right? And then I go like, okay, this one has more pros, I'm going to go with it, right? How do we start to get more connected and in tune? I know that you do meditation and things like If you want to recommend that, also, also great. I do like Wim Hof breathing every single morning. I do like meditation like once a week. Not exactly a very into meditation, but I make an effort to uh, meditate uh, into the quantum realm from like, um, um, who's this? Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, like his way of teaching. And so what is your way of like getting more connected to your intuition if you are too heavily focused on, you know, now thinking logically in your business? Yes, it's such a great question. And I love number seven, trust yourself, trust your gut. And then that the, the, the confession question is, what is my intuition telling me? What does my heart say? And intentionally, we put the intuition in there and the heart because some people don't resonate with what is, well, I don't, what does my intuition even mean? You know, or, you know, I like gut too, right? So we have trust yourself, trust your gut. So we got the gut, the heart, the intuition, all the same, <laughs> you know, in my book, but just different words for different people. So, so my husband is similar to you and, and he's an engineer and he's a logical, analytical thinker. And so he will go to logic often as he'll like get a gut feeling, but he won't even pay attention to it. So he has to go and play out the logic first, you know. And so I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's like you almost feel like I'm not doing my due diligence or I'm not being smart if I don't look at it logically. So go ahead. Look at it logically and then go with your intuition. You know, look at it logically and how does, like, even try on the decision that's the logical one as much as you can. I Years ago I learned this fun intuition technique where you – 
use a coin and you have a decision and you're like, okay, if the coin is heads, I'll say yes. If the coin is tails, I'll, I'll say no. So you flip the coin and whatever it says, you pretend that was the decision you make and you watch your reaction. You feel in your body. How does this feel? Uh, you watch what it, every emotions come up and it's a great way to try on a decision. So it's, it's, so I say, you know, go with both if you feel you need to and maybe slowly you wean yourself off of needing to do the logic because you do the logic and you go with what your gut says and then you keep repeating that and seeing, you know, how it plays out. Because like you said, most people, when they think back to their biggest mistakes, there was some away, some point along the way that they might, might have had guidance or inklings or red flags or something that they ignored. I know for me, for sure, 100%, right? So – so try it out. You know, it's like use it as a game. I also say sometimes try it out with like easy things like looking for parking spaces or, um, you know, what to wear or, you know, how, where, where and when to show up for something. Or sometimes I'm driving in my car and I'll just be like, okay, car, you know, where should we go? Like there's five different ways I can go home. What's the one I should go? Like I just play with it with trivial things. And it, I think it, it helps sort of exercise that, that muscle. Well, that's actually a very interesting uh, exercise, you know, just playing around with the options that you have on a daily basis. Now, I know uh, for some people as well for listening, because when I ask my friend this question, like things that they really want to know, right? And I show them the commandments and things like that. That's how I know, like, you know, what can I actually ask on my podcast that really helps the best for my audience and my people. But I think a huge problem for us is like some people really have this um it, it, was, it is kind of a struggle, right, where they start questioning, like, you know, um, who am I really, right? Especially when it, when it goes into, like, you know, you talk about get fucking real. And then maybe for some people, they haven't really been discovering themselves enough, right? And maybe they're listening to this podcast right now. And, you know, they don't really know themselves that well, like, in and out. So we sometimes go, well, I'm this, but, you know, I can also be this as well. Or I can be this as well, right? So what are some habits, right, that you actually... Do or what are some habits that, or some maybe some exercises they do for your clients that will help us to you know know ourselves a lot better and to get uh, more inverse with like our intuition. Yeah, so I think the stopping and slowing down and any ways that you could create that for your life is would be the first step. And and I know that some people that are desiring to slow down or they want the effects of meditation, are so sick and tired of hearing about meditation. <laughs> they can't do it. They're, they, they're restless. So I like find something that just puts you in a bit more of a flow state. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe you like to dance. You know, maybe, you know, you like to listen to music and just zone out like some way where the brain, you know, is sort of turned off. So figure out what your thing is. Washing dishes, cooking. I don't care but something that slows you down and has your logical brain turn off. And then the, and so that I feel like you discover who you are, quote unquote, by slowing down long enough to sort of feel and think. Um, and writing in a journal or if journal don't, if you don't like that word, just writing stuff down <laughs> that comes to you also is a way to externalize your thoughts. Right. And so we know when we were talking earlier about I'm afraid to, you know, be real because I'm going to make enemies. I say, you know what? First, be real with you. 
like just be real with yourself and and you know I love the word confession and on our GFR squad which is my uh, membership group we do a confession call each month with me and one of the commandments with the confession questions and you know you don't have to confess but people do and it's really fun because it's a way to externalize something that you've been thinking something that you feel might need to change or or just something that you just finally want to admit out loud it's a great way to do that in a safe space, but so is your journal. You know, just writing down, I think I'm with the wrong life partner. Whoa. Like, whoa, that's, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I wrote that down. Like, oh my gosh. And probably you've been, if this replies to you, you've probably been thinking about it for a really long time. And there's been a lot of red flags, you know, but just writing it down, confessing, and then when you start to do that, externalize those thoughts, you get to know yourself better. It's almost like you don't even know yourself because you can't really hear your thoughts. They're so habitual. Um, and then my favorite commandment that I would apply to this question is, what am I tolerating? So it's commandment number one, don't compromise, right? Easier said than done, I know. But start with, what am I tolerating? Oh, Darius, this is such a potent question. Like, it's so cool because – you can ask the question in lots of different ways, like what do you not like in your life and what's not working, and, but it doesn't get at the same stuff that what am I tolerating? Like I am tolerating pulling into my garage and seeing a bunch of crap in the extra garage. I am, you know, tolerating that, you know, that my finances are not in order and I haven't done my taxes and like all these things that we're tolerating that I also think keeps us from getting connected with our intuition because those things take up energy to navigate and to forget about. You know, I really love, I want to point out that, uh, that, that point in time where you said, you know, what am I really tolerating? And in fact, that will probably be my second favorite commandment because I realized that, you know what, everyone has like a threshold, right? And it's more of like, we only know what's our threshold usually when we hit that threshold. When the shit hits the fan and then you go like, ah, shit, I'm not, I'm not going to stand for this anymore, right? But if we are not, you know, intent, we are not going in with the intention to actually measure, right? Or you don't really have to, like, you know, measure, like, oh, 1.5, 1.25, or things like that, right? But, you know, if you don't actually ask yourself this question, and, you know, you you start to realize that when you start asking yourself, is you start realizing that, hey, I do have this threshold, and probably right now I'm here, right? Or is there a way where I don't have to hit the threshold? I'm able yes. to take away of this and I don't have to wait for the shit to hit the fan before I start reacting and start going insane, right? And I think that's one thing that I actually, okay, to be honest, that's one thing I actually incorporated into my journal. Right? Or if, if people like to say writing stuff up. <laughs> so when I yes. saw that question, I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to use this right now because I realize that sometimes there are some things that I tolerate as, tolerate as well. Like recently, um, the reason why maybe some of you might be thinking why is the video a bit blurry and things like that, my webcam just got spoiled, right? And then I was thinking like, okay, which one should I get? Which one should I get? And you know, like, ah, shit, I'm just going to get one ASAP because I got to come up with good quality kind of content and it still hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> and that's why it's a bit blurry right now. So I'm sorry for the viewers. But um, that's pretty much why it is. Like when I saw like, what am I tolerating? Like, oh man, I, I'm just going to go and get it now because I was at that cost point. You know, usually people... Uh, especially people who think and think and think and think and think. That's probably one of the problems we have. We keep thinking, thinking <laughs> which, yes. which, which model should I go for? Which brand should I go for? And things like yes. that. I want really the best for my audience. And then after you start thinking and thinking and thinking, like, oh crap, just take one and just go. <laughs> so I think that's one thing that I tolerate 
much stuff too much. And sometimes, right, people always think that, you know, tolerating means like, oh, it has to be something external. And that's when I realized that it can be internal as well. Like, I'm tolerating myself to just keep thinking and thinking over the past few days. And then I realized that, hey, no, I, I have to stop this bad habit of mine because I just keep thinking and thinking. And then there's no action being done. Right? And for those people who are listening and you are so huge thinker or huge overthinker, if that's what your friends were saying, then all the more, you really got to implement whatever they, that Lisa just said about their whole intuition thing. So I just really want to ask, ask you, right? When it comes to what am I tolerating, what do you... What were the best discoveries that you really found for yourself? Because I really want to know for you yourself, like what kind of other perspective that you know yes. people can actually listen to? Because most of the time, people think, oh, what am I tolerating? I'm just tolerating my bad friends. I'm tolerating my bad, whatever it is. And then you got, I really like the point where you talk about like, you know, uh, confessing that, hey, maybe I'm not with a life partner. And especially to me, it was like, wow, that's really very deep. And that was like a different perspective than what people usually say like, oh, I'm with a bad friend. And with a bad connection, right, and things like that. it becomes very superficial level. Let's take it way deeper. And what what kind of discoveries have you actually made through that question alone? Yes, it's I've had quite a journey with that question. You know, your webcam story actually reminds me of when I first left corporate America and I started my own business. I one of the and I started inquiring about what I'm tolerating. So this question has been with me for a long time. I had a crappy phone, like a you know, they needed to charge on a stand and then like it would, you know, it would run down and I'd be like juggling like these battery, these phones and stuff like that. And I finally got a phone with like a really great headset and, and it's like, seems basic, but there is a, there's a, it's an external thing, but it also is an internal thing, right? When we're tolerating an external thing, circumstance, uh, living condition, uh, technology, mess, something, there's usually an internal sort of reason why, right? And so I love your example because, yes, it was technology and overthinking what model, but there probably was some kind of limited thinking within you of, I don't know, should I really buy it? Is it really time? Have I made enough money or whatever, you know, comes up. So uh, it's great to to examine when you're tolerating something externally what's internal. So, I mean, so many different things. Um, in fact, when I do this exercise more deeply with clients, there's like categories we go through, almost like an inventory. Like, okay, what are you tolerating in your home? What are you tolerating in your relationships? And going through husband, children, parents, you know, what am I tolerating in my work? You know, uh, both like what am I doing for my work and what am I tolerating in my work environment? You know, what am I tolerating in my body and the way that I'm living my life and taking care of myself? And like there's, if you go through different categories, you can have a, a, a huge um, treasure trove of things that you uncover. And and if you give yourself permission to just not worry about changing any of it, right? You're not committing to changing any of it. You're just committed to looking. And what I find as soon as you we start to externalize those things, it's like, oh, the weekend comes and, oh, maybe I'll clean out the shelf the shelves in the garage, you know, or, hmm, maybe I'll, you know what, I'm going to throw out those clothes in my closet that I've been saving to fit into, and it's been five years, and I'm just going to ditch them, or, you know what, I'm going to not do that program anymore, even though people really like it, and my coach said it would, you know, it's going to be, it would be a really good seller, and people, you know, that, you know, really do well, or whatever, I'm not having fun, I'm not enjoying it, it's a pain in the ass, actually, I'm not doing that anymore. 
you know, and, uh, you know, that's what I did on a, you know, the, a big scale with the, with the seven figure business. There was like five different programs that I had to shut down over time and it was not easy. Um, but I have a low tolerance for not, for not being happy uh, as a blessing, I think. And I think it partially inspired by my mom's cancer when I was young. I just, I just can't do it. I'm just like, I just can't do it. I can't, I'm like restless. Um, so yeah, so I would say if you're going to, if you're, Want to have fun with that? What am I tolerating? Question. Think of different categories, you know, in your life, and you'll come up with all kinds of juicy stuff. That will probably really help our audience a lot. I think that really emphasizes on the point. You know, the quality of your questions determine the quality of your life, and I think that's what Tony Robbins always used to tell people, right, and these people that. And I really agree with that whole point because the more you start asking yourself these specific questions, it gets you guiding somewhere rather than just say, "Oh, what am I tolerating right now?" And then sometimes maybe you do get good answers. Right, but if you really were to go deeper, guys, and I really highly encourage you to do go into categories as well, like oh, career, my work, my finances, and things like that. So I really love that a huge tip that you actually given as well. And you talk about you know you having a low tolerance, you know, <laughs> for things that stresses you out, anxiety, and things like that. So let's say right now, right, if someone were to come up to you, and let's say if me, I'm coming up to you and say, you know what? My whole life is a huge mess right now. It's a mess because like I really don't know where to go. I'm like stuck at the crossroads, which I think more more often than not, there's tons of people that are stuck at crossroads, right? And you know, sometimes I'm confused about what I have to do or what do I have to get done. And so what would you say, right? What do I have to do immediately to get clear on what I have to do and to get myself out of my own way? Okay, what's the first thing that you think or first few steps? Yeah. Well, when I saw when I saw this questions in our in our in our prep preparation we did, I thought of commandment number one. So uh, to be a broken record, which I think is, is sometimes we need to hear things over and over again. Right. I first would start with that. What don't like if my life was a mess, someone said my life's a mess. I don't know where to start. You know, it's just it's just a hot mess. I, I would point them to just make a list. What are you tolerating? And then the other thing is baby steps and like micro tiny teeny tiny microscopic if needed baby steps on something so let's say you have a physical thing is an easy example right you have a garage and it's like it's like you feel like you could be on an episode of hoarders right it's completely overwhelming right just take just one shelf one drawer one box like baby steps and it's amazing what I found with my clients is like so like I had a gal who wanted to do three-day retreat she has a retreat center in Sedona she's like I want to do three-day retreats I want people to come from all over the world um she was super excited about this and and it wasn't happening and we we, the three-day the whole thing felt so big right so like how do you do a baby step for like that kind of thing so she invited some women from the local area to come for an evening and she did her retreat just for a couple hours in, you know, in an evening. And then these women were like, Oh my God, this is so fun. We want to come back. You know, can we do this every week? Can we come for a weekend? And so that baby step of just like biting over people that I know for an evening and doing what I would do at a retreat helped like lubricate the idea, helped make it feel not so scary. It's like, there's a momentum thing. Like we, you know, like kind of have to like, 
break through, you know, some kind of like membrane, you know, to just start to feel the, the aliveness of the thing and the possibility of the thing, get your intuition and your own like momentum going. And so if you come up with a baby step and you don't do it, it's not small enough. So break it down even more. Um, and I find that to be super helpful for like a big hairy mess that feels completely overwhelming is just if you and being okay with the baby step because that's the other thing perfectionism perfectionists like myself um which i'm very recovering in that area but it's like well if i'm not going to do it right i'm not going to do it at all so you got to get over that and just break it down get real make your list and then chunk it down one baby step at a time and as soon as the good news is, though, as soon as you feel like you're moving, you're going to feel relief. So you don't even have to wait. You don't even have to wait to the big payoff of the big thing. As soon as you start putting one foot in the new world or one foot in the, the new end state you're looking for, you'll start to feel better. Yes, I think she pretty much emphasizes on the point, which I think I emphasize a lot of times as well, which is to take micro baby steps. Because I myself am a perfectionist and I literally just caught myself. Yesterday I was like catching myself, like, you know, overthinking on this idea because I want it to be perfect. And I was like, crap, I gotta stop myself from doing this. I just took a photo, post on social media. Okay, I have to stop thinking too much, focus on doing the work and progressing because there will always be something to change. Guys, there will always be something to change. But if you never ever start, or you never ever take that small micro step, then that thing will still not be changed, right? You'll still be thinking and thinking. In reality, that thing is still there, right? And before we go on to the legacy segment, right, I think one thing that probably everyone has in mind right now is how in the hell does this mother of two, mother of two, am I right? How in the hell does what? Uh, how the hell does this mother of two, are you a mother of two, if I'm, if I'm not wrong? Right. Oh, Am I a model too? No, are you a mother of two? Uh, a mother two of kids? two. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I am a mother of one. Oh, mother of one. And yes. people might be thinking right now, how does this mother, and you know, who has a business, and then you know, has a family, and how in the world is she still able to keep up with so much energy, <laughs> and bring in so much energy and life force into this interview? I think people, when listening to this, will be like, well, this is quite refreshing <laughs> in some ways or another. Right, so um, let us know what are some of your habits that you actually do or what is it that really is that you're doing that makes you and keeps your state so energized and high? See, that's the exact question that inspired my last episode, which is how I do life. Because people all the time are like, oh, my God, you have such great energy and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And what, they're, what they don't really drop into is that's what they're experiencing of me in that moment of that interaction, like in this, you know, time that we have together, you know, they don't know that I ran in from like making my daughter dinner and, you know, putting on the lipstick at the last minute, sitting down, you know, and then like, Ta-da! you know, or that I, you know, for the last, you know, over the weekend was like, you know, totally chilling on the couch watching TV and like in my PJs and, you know, so that I want first to acknowledge that because I think we put people on a pedestal, right? We kind of like look at somebody and we think that's them. I can't achieve that. Or they're different than me or better than me in some way. And so I just want to normalize, like, like I, I do acknowledge that I, I'm, I, I love interviews and, and I'm really comfortable on video and communicating what I say. So 
it creates a beautiful energy and like, you know, way about me. And I totally acknowledge that. And like you said, there is like, I work at it, (laughs) you know, having the energy to kind of put my thoughts and my messages out there. I need to do a lot of self care and uh, like, I, I'm stopping. I'm checking with my intuition. I am meditating. I am resting. I am, I am getting rid of stuff that once felt good and doesn't feel good anymore. And it's like I'm sort of a steward. I'm a. I think that's the one thing that you know. I, I talk about my tolerance for not feeling good. Like it has me be a steward of my life in a way that I think that's like I totally brag worthy of. Like you know, I just you know I get rid of stuff and I stop stuff and I say no to stuff and. You know, I don't know what it is about me that has me have that kind of resilience and, you know, sort of certainty and fortitude. But I do, and I know that that's part of my purpose and what I help now my uh, my unmentoring clients do is is really curate, you know, their life. And it's it's not easy. So um, if you're – so I would totally listen to that episode. You can hear an hour of me talking about some of the things that I do and how I manage my schedule you know, um, and I've been doing uh, the entrepreneur thing for 21 years. And for the first five years, I thought I had to eat lunch at, you know, 12 and, you know, only wear jeans on Fridays. And like, you know, I, I it was so there's so much to, you know, unprogram, you know, for those of us that were in corporate and then transition to entrepreneur. So, you know, just being mindful of some things that you maybe are doing that aren't that you do them out of routine or what you've always done. But now if you have the space and you could create a story that supports I could do what I need to support myself then have fun creating some really cool self-care habit. I think that's a really interesting perspective that you actually brought us to because most of the time if I were to ask this and not everyone is as energetic and less lively as you, right? <laughs> There's different personalities. But like people will say oh, like, oh, you know. It's 7 a.m. by you when we're recording this and it's 6 p.m. by me. So <laughs> if it was 7 a.m., Darius, you'd be getting a completely different Lisa journey. <laughs> so I'm glad that I got the right time, right? Yes, and, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people will usually say like, oh, you know, I do this particular habit. I, 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 I get myself hyped. I get myself primed in the morning and like morning habits and things like that. But I like how you go into a different perspective of saying that you know what, guys, stop putting this on like a pedestal. I know people like always look at Gary Vee and go like, oh man, he's like so energetic and like, wow, he's always hustling around. I'm not, I can't really that hustle until that far into what he actually does, right? And I think it's very important to know that whenever you look at us, also something, sometimes my friend always say like, oh, you're not pretty energetic. But some of my friends also see that, you know, sometimes like, hey, you know, this guy is quite tired. He looks like he's going to break down sooner or later. That's a sign for you to stop, right? <laughs> so, I think a lot of times is that you probably see one side way too much than the other. And that's why I really love that perspective, right? Is that you need, there is a time for people that are energetic like us to recharge still. There is still, yeah. still that time to recharge, which people have to understand. It's not all sunshine and rainbow. We go every day, we wake up and we show, we go like, oh yes, like this is a day to really conquer it. And then we go on to the day like super energized. And it's, it's not every single day that we do it. We can definitely prime ourselves to do it. It's just that sometimes there's a need to recharge. So let's move on to like the whole legacy segment, which is basically I'm just asking more questions to really know more about you and about where people can actually find you from, right? So what is the one message, right, that you actually have for this world or for your industry that you really, really want to say to everyone right now? I want to say that you do not need to tolerate a life where you are unhappy 
and it is within your reach to make changes and it is possible to have a business and have a life that feels mostly good most of the time. It is possible. And I, I think it's the best thing that I could really say because there's so much, there's so many beliefs and stories that counteract that. And so I feel like that's what I want to underscore is like, you can feel good. You can have a business that you love. Like I just got off the phone with a client who was like, you know, I would love to be the poster child of doing business without being on social media, which is all, oh, but that, you know, that I can't do that. You know, that's like, it was like a, like a, it was really like a, like a, like a dream. But really what that showed me is where she's compromising and what she's tolerating right now. And that she didn't even have a thought that she could possibly not need to be on social media. And I just don't think we need to do, I really don't think that we need to do shit that we don't enjoy. That, that's my message. We don't need to do shit we don't enjoy. <laughs> I love it. We don't have to do shit that we don't have to enjoy. Okay. And what are you currently committing to on a daily basis just to meet this vision of pushing for that message? I'm giving myself permission. I'm giving myself permission to confess when things don't feel good and to seek a change giving myself permission to confess when things don't feel good and to seek a change. And I know y'all, I know, Oh, you have to do, you can't just always do stuff you like. And sorry, that's the voice I'm hearing in my head. You know, like I know, I know, I know, I know there's some things you don't know. You're not going to, you're not going to enjoy everything in life, but there's still probably at least 50% of what you don't enjoy that you don't have to do. You know, it's like, let's just start to chip away at it. Okay. <laughs> I totally love it, right? Because sometimes there's always that inner voice that comes in again and again and again, right? So if you had to start all over again, what's the first thing, what's the first three things that you'll do? Or even first thing as well, if you think there's too many things, first thing that you would do in order to spread your message? If I had to do it over again, so I got started in 1999. So before social media, before having a website was a, you know, far gone conclusion if you had a business. And so networking and in-person connections was a huge component of how I grew my business. And I really liked it. And I really liked speaking and teaching. And one of the smart things that I did do, um, that if I did it over again, I would do again, which was I leaned into the things that I was doing that I liked. And I loved teaching, and, but I didn't know how to get clients by teaching. And so that I leaned in and I got help, you know, and invested in training there. And so, so I would for sure pay attention to the things that I was enjoying and, and, and really do more of that versus kind of trying to do the right thing or the smart thing or what other people did. So that's what I would do more of if I had to do it over again. So I would like do more in-person networking, more speaking, uh, more writing uh, than I was doing at the time. I think that really ties down back into what we just said uh, previously on intuition, right? Is if you really trust your gut and you know that, hey, that's something I really, really love and that's something that also gets me result, then that's why I should actually lean more towards, right? So one last few questions. How can the viewers, you know, and the listeners connect with you and learn more from you? 
Yes. So to get your copy of the 12 GFR commandments and just, again, it's not a 12-step program, so you could just download them and just read the confession questions and just pick one, right? So I want it to feel really easy. That's your baby step. Just pick one. So you can go to gfr.life, L-I-F-E, forward slash 12C for 12 commandments. gfr.life forward slash 12C. And that's my main website, gfr.life. Um, that the podcast is there, the GFR Squad membership, which is just $20 a month to kind of be in my orbit and be on the confession calls. It's a bargain just to, I wanted to create a space for people to be real if they wanted to. And um, and then my show, the, the GFR show or the Get F Star 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 I-N-G <laughs> R-E-A-L, right, show um, to hear other stories of entrepreneurs that are really, that really share the messy, the hot mess that was their life that then turned into a business. That's what the show is about. <laughs> And thanks for sharing. Everything will all be on the links below. So one last question, or actually second last question. What does leaving a legacy really mean to you? I know just now you kind of touched it at the start, but what does leaving a legacy really mean to you? Living a legacy to me means living in a way that's true to me so that whatever is left behind when I'm gone is truly representative of my purpose here, my spirit short and sweet i love it so how do you think others can start living their own legacy gfr (laughs) and that's the reason why i wanted to ask the question because i know that you just tie it down back into you know get fucking real and that's all the more why i really enjoyed my time with you on this podcast because i when i saw it i'm like shit this woman is a really good fit for whatever that, for what we are doing on the Live Your Legacy because sometimes we really just have to get fucking real. So <laughs> thank sometimes you so much. We do, yes. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast and going one full circle and ending uh, ending it off with a GFR, simply just that. So for those who want to know more about her, you know, just check the links below. And for those people who love or like this episode, okay, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, make sure you download this episode because it comes in the algorithm somehow. Right? And Make sure you leave a review if you actually enjoy and what exactly are your biggest takeaways. In fact, just screenshot um, this podcast and share it on your social media. Tag me, tag Lisa, and share with us your biggest takeaways because we really love to know, like you know, what are the big biggest uh, aha moments or eureka moments that you really got from this podcast. So with that, guys, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Lisa, and for those listeners that are listening. Okay, start living your own legacy. <laughs>